Hi everybody, this is Afro Leads, the podcast. As you all know, Afro Leads consists of two sisters, myself, Steph, and my sister, Julie, and we are on a mission to promote Black, British business and culture. At present, we have multiple social media platforms where we post positive features and posts about Black business, groups, communities, celebrities, music, and so much more. This week's guest is the one and the only Mr. Kofi Smiles. This handsome king is a man crushed to many, and we can see why, but we can't make him ours because he's our brother, and that would be weird. <laughs> However, we do want to celebrate this great man's achievements to date. Born in Beverly in East Yorkshire to Ghanaian parents, Kofi studied English and journalism at Northumbria Uni, where he was heavily involved in the student radio station, and Kofi Smiles was born as one could hear his smile as he broadcast down the airwaves. Fast forward to late 2016, when he fought off fierce competition from almost 200 other hopefuls to be crowned the BBC's Face of Hull. He presented events in several formats when the city was showcased as the UK City of Culture in 2017. What a phenomenal year that was for Hull, a chance to show it at its best and to encourage more cultural conversation and events to be held in and around the city. Kofi is a natural presenter, both on TV and radio, but don't let this fool you, this man works hard and is totally dedicated to his craft. Completely passionate about music, he continues to work for BBC Radio Humberside. He launched a successful no-filter evening show and digital platform on this radio show, which was full of awesome, eclectic music, pop culture and inputs and discussion from local people covering a range of topics. He's now the Radio Humberside Breakfast Show host. Do yourself a favour and check him out on weekdays from 6am till 10am on BBC Radio Humberside or listen again on the BBC Sounds app. Bruv, we are immensely proud of you and thanks for your enduring support with our posts, this podcast and even representing in your Afro Leeds t-shirt when you did your Look North interview. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show! Yay! It's only taken you four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth man looks enormous though. And you're closing the fourth season yeah. as well, which is great. But it is, it's, um, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. To be fair... Julie has said numerous times we need to get Kofi on, yeah, we need to yeah. get Kofi on. So please don't say, do not be offended. It's hard because you've had, and also I've been listening to the podcast, you've had so many great speakers on. I just think, how do you not top that? But do you know what I mean? Like, how do you contribute <laughs> so to that? So you're saying that we're, 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 we're saving our best last. Is that what you're trying to say? No, no, no. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking, oh man, did it, everyone's doing all these amazing stuff everyone's got ways to sort of like address how they you know their journeys their stories of starting businesses or starting movements and stuff and i'm just like yeah just talking on the radio on tv it's not just <laughs> not just every guest is amazing adds such great value to the conversation the narrative and comparison is the thief of joy yeah so, yeah yeah but also you've got like i think throughout everything we do it's about representation and what i look for in my heroes is different to what julie may look for somebody else so mm. having such an eclectic range of guests is one really important but number two shining light on the different superpowers that everyone has as well mm. so what you might just class as normal so talking on the radio yeah is somebody's dream and it was yeah, what's your yeah. dream and we used yeah. to do like record yeah. radio as kids yeah, and stuff. Yeah. it was what's your dream <laughs> that job. Yeah, yeah. Um, so please don't ever put it down i know you've been humble and, and, and gracious but yeah you don't know who's listening who's mm. watching you if you are interested in that stuff just do it just go for it just go for it and um we're going to get into obviously how kofi's gone from 
Level Andy, Andy spelled A N D I because he was obsessed with Andy, Andy Peters. Peters. What a genius! <laughs> what an absolute guy, man. Have See, you seen Andy Peters? He's yeah, yeah, he's absolutely jacked. Like, what? I watched him on MGM. Good morning, Britain. Yes, the day and I was like, oh my god, he's so changed. He has, he, he's had his change behind Jake. No, he looks great. Like, looks the mental cover once, did you see that? Yeah, like, yeah. killed it. Looks amazing. But we're going to look at your journey from little Andy, spelt with an I, to Kofi, Smiles, and obviously what makes up, like, your, you know, what drives yeah. you now and what motivates you now and how people can emulate that as much as possible. Let's get into it. Go on, so, you're born and raised in, this is weird, by the way, because obviously we know a lot of these answers, <laughs> uh, but born and raised in East Yorkshire, grew up in a small seaside town where you were the only black family. How was that for you? I'm a, I loved it. Did you? I, when I look back, and, <laughs> when I look back and, especially when I share stories about growing up in Wimsey on the radio and I get tweets and text messages from people saying, oh, I can't believe you did that. It sounds so savage. It sounds like a load of flies. The fact that we were left to our own devices to go out and go on our bikes, go down the railway tracks, oh, you know what I mean, tracks. go on the cliff tops, beach parties, yeah. you know what I mean, just like barbecues, football, hanging out in spread beer garden, remember that they had the slide on, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like we just used to be there, we had so much to yeah. do, and like, I think because I've been quite lucky, because my mates in my year, and obviously my two best mates, Luke and Gaz, who were in the year above, our years were quite close. Yeah. Okay. And then we had a few, even the year above that, like during all those dudes. We had a really good like crew of people. And it was like you didn't have to be sporty. You didn't have to be like cool. It was just like if he was out and about, we could play block. <laughs> yeah. We could like, you know, we could play block, we could just mooch about, we could try and find, you know, the the old horse and carriage and go go hunting down 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 the trap lines and yeah. hang around by the lagoon. But and I love that. What you said people are People are just like, you know, when we talk about Everyone meeting up outside outside my house during the summertime, dressed in black, ready to go into the high school to play man on it twelve o'clock at night. Yeah, Vogels cool. there, so everybody's like black bandana, balaclava, all dressed like gloves, leather yeah. gloves on. It's it's very driving, but yeah. Everybody just dressed up. People would honestly, we used to do all this sort of stuff. They were just you didn't you didn't have to have money to do things. Yeah. Not a lot of people had money. We didn't you know, we didn't have money to spend on things like everybody had like computers and computers at the time where you had to go around someone's house to play. But we just made the most of the mm. environment. And when I look back now, I just think our summers were mint. Because yeah. we didn't go on holiday and stuff. Did you go to Perville every day for like five or anything for six well, weeks? No, I think those passes were, I think relatively it wasn't. So it was like £20 for the summer. But was it, it's all, was it 20 quid? Oh. I would say it was a father. <laughs> it was like, like a father. <laughs> that that like, roasted to relative. like nostalgia. But no, I think but for the, it was value for money then, but. It's still like if you've got three kids that you're paying mm. sixty pounds yeah. to kind of, but it was entertainment. It was so you could just take yourself there, be there all day, come be back, fed, have, have be fed on, take yeah. Yeah. Got and, yeah. and stuff like that. So it was really good fun. And but then sometimes when I hear you talk about stuff, I feel like did we grow up in a completely different place? Because I didn't do that with my friends. Yeah. But I guess it's all a different kind of. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes you know we just meet up on the playing fields, we'd kick a ball around and then we'd just end up walking or we'd meet up, we don't have our bikes and we end up cycling, we're like, oh, we're, we're near Hedden. All right, okay, should we turn around? Oh, no, let's just keep going, go to town. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Or we'll go, everybody wanted to go to Rock City, but no one could afford the bus. So yeah. we just escape there. Because I was like, what? Do you know what yeah. I mean? And like, Andrew, Andrew, I didn't know, but I, I remember a couple of times, like just joining in like the odd day. And there's one day, I think you'll remember this, where one of Kofi's friends, we were all willing to score a goal. Do you remember? Do you remember? 
Jordan's one summer, who was playing football, was playing on the every on day. The they were playing football. football. Everyone was scoring goals. Steph would come on. Even Anthony was like little. The time we were watching everybody like, score. Anthony getting in, chucking the ball to him and heading it in. So that and one Jordan was just like having the opportunities worst. on goals, sending wide. Oh, uh, like come on, Jordan, and he just. just <laughs> There was one time, it was like the last day of summer in a film, it would be the the, the, the best closing. Yeah. yeah. And somebody had set him up and it was an open goal. And everyone was like, go go on, the people on the opposite team, like, go yeah, on, Jordan. Kicked it wide. Was... <laughs> and we were just, <laughs> I was like, oh. this is it, it's the end of summer, I can't be bothered. <laughs> but that's why when you say you've had a different experience, that wasn't my experience of where we grew up either, but... I've had flashbacks of some of his amazing friends and amazing stories, and they're all great. Yeah. They're all true. They're all great, and they're all really mixed in terms of like year group, like you say, people's you know different socioeconomic backgrounds, and, yeah. and it just didn't really matter to, to your group. Yeah. Of it was all very kind of innocent and cute yeah. and very very inclusive. Yeah, we have different experiences because what else? I think so. Maybe, and I think. Also. Different year groups because my year groups in both schools I went to quite you know yeah, yeah. quite money on. I think my group. I do remember that we were. You had a nice year. Yeah. You had a good year. We group. had a good group, and like even when we went up to high school, we still like used to nice play group. together until yeah. like come towards like year eight. Yeah. Some people thought, oh no, we're a bit too old for this, but yeah, but interesting. You did have a good year group because I remember there were some people in your year. That used to look out for us. It was Jamie. Remember Jamie? Yeah, like brown hair kids. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, um, I can't remember his name, that blonde haired kid. His name was Mark. And there was quite a few. Because I remember when we went to Alton Towers, remember for you Club. Club. Yeah. yeah. And like, Club it was me. Because like, those. You know, I feel. I feel well, so, so the volunteers that came in. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Jeremy, we give them oh, such a hard time. Yeah, Mr. Williams, yeah. yeah. Well, this is the thing, because we had like. We had a lot of stuff on, didn't we? We had stuff to do. Yeah, we were. Uncle provided. Like, that's when I first learned how to film. Yeah. Like, oh, edit really? music. The guys, like, from Hall Beats Bus, they okay. used to come down. They weren't, they weren't called that. They were just community engagements at Red Locks, David Aquasia. Used to come down and do, like, breakdancing classes, yeah, music, yeah. filming. And I remember one summer where it was meant to be only for Wednesday high school kids. But Gaz was like, just come along. It's me. We'll have a good time. And Gaz got me signed in. And I was able to spend a week to come and take part in all these oh, activities really? and stuff. Oh, and so I learned how to, I remember making some music and I did save this song. I spent all day making this track and it didn't save and I was devastated. Mm. But like, it was, it was it. Really me. It was so good. And I remember seeing David like in 2015, 2016, like, did you come to Women's City and do his music workshop and dance workshop? He's like, yeah, so mate, I was there, I was at this thing. I was like, I was, like, I was probably the only black kid there. My friends used to, used to come and do all this. It was like, Oh, cheers, mate. And then just walks off. And, I'm like, and I bring it up every time I see Dave and stuff. But, you probably didn't um, realise the impact of that. But yeah, it was huge. Yeah. But I, I think so. And also, I, I've added, I, I think, because I was in there with like, all the skaters and like the moshers and stuff. Mm. And like everyone that was into music. So obviously, I started playing drums when I was in like year seven. So everyone that was into, if I wanted to play music with everyone else, I sort of had to listen to. Sat getting things like Limp Biscuit and Corn, all the new metal because nobody wanted to like. No, God. Yeah, yeah, that's not. What's up? Nobody wanted. Nobody wanted to insult. Nobody really oh, like Motown and like, yeah. like Johnny um, Johnny Nash or like you know Michael Bolton all the stuff that we were down listening, which I was sometimes listening to. We loved it. Uh, we loved it. Lots of Tina Turner, Tina Turner, Dion. We were listening to everything. Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox. But like Michael Jackson, all this sort of stuff. 
But everyone and people on the school bus, like and Mel, she, she let me really she let me this incubus CD, and that yeah. changed she my life. Think she me. She back and everything was like patches. Really? And stuff. Yeah. yeah. So she honestly, yeah, I think because we had such because we were sort of outcasts as well in women's city. Well, sort of in, we had this intersection of like moshes and outcasts slashes slash sporty kids and who do we just into skating or mixing with each other mm. so it was like we have we had no we were a group of kids that should have really mixed whereas really i think works. all the years you would have had your let's call it like, i'm using air quotes here chaps yeah. versus moshers yeah but we had a good mix because you know me luke gals josh and all those odd would skate but then the ashley burn adam and darren and billy and all that would still get involved in all right, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. so we had a really cool mix because people just wanted to be Apart, so that's quite cool. Plus, Tony Hawk skateboarder came out in '98. Yeah, and changed the game. It's like the perfect mix. Yeah, yeah. everybody was playing it. And the music, the soundtrack was really yeah. good for that. Yeah. Soundtrack was made, and then Mighty Ducks was on Christmas. Oh, was on the show of Christmas one year. Gosh, the yeah. following year, I think it was '98. We had two years of roller hockey. We all yeah, got roller. Yeah. Remember the six oh, that we used to get with the heads yeah. from JJB. So we all had them. I loved that. And we just used to play the Proudfoot's car park. Yeah, Proudfoot's car park. So yeah, it was good. So you've always been an original, a one-off, some might say. Oh, right. How how has that shaped your interest? I mean, you've touched on it a little bit, but how has it shaped your interest and the things you've pursued in life? I think it's allowed me to have a very unique look, perspective on things. I think it's caught a lot of people off guard, which has opened up a lot of doors. So What do you mean, caught people off guard? So I think because I've had such a big love for like alternative music, new metal, emo, pop punk, all this sort of stuff. Now, growing up in Hull, mm-hmm. when we started hanging out in town more, all the black kids that I didn't know that was my age, you'd either lean heavily into black stereotypes, like be into like African American like culture, right. like rap, or the early days of like grime and stuff. When we get into those, yes. the like the music, or garage music, and yeah. all that sort of jungle reggae, all that sort of thing. Yeah. So having like a foot in both camps, I think at the time you go back what 15, 20 years, people would be like, this guy's. This kind of bit weird, you know, yeah. Black people are supposed to be doing this yeah. sort of stuff. Whereas, like within the spaces where I'm surrounded by quite a lot of white people, people, most of my friends wouldn't bat an eyelid. But some white people, would be like, I, I remember turning up to Welly and be like, "What's he doing? Why are you a um, why am I in a position to <laughs> me?" And people questioning why I'm at like Indian yeah. alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was quite cool because you know, in both in all both circles, you stand out. Yeah, I remember going out with backs, and when we used to go out when we was at college. And because we would sort of dress a little bit like anime characters slash um, kid kiddies, sort of like Kanye West, polo tops, backpacks, skinny jeans, converse, and so it was a mixture of like these two worlds. You'd be like, who are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Whereas but if somebody saw you now dressed like that, it's, it's normal. quite normal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You've got so many... into that, You've got to really think about the timing of yeah. when this happened and the place you were as well. It's not like you're in London where... Nah. There might be quite a few yeah. alternatives, shall I say, in air quotes. It's even in Hull. Yeah, in Hull. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I remember people just being like, why are you wearing those jeans? Like, you know, Mary, why are you going your hair like that? Because I always used to try and spike. Do, spike my hair up yeah. and have it like like naturally twist, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, to look like an anime character. Yeah, you did. But now you've got those of black kids going around with hair like that all the time because yeah. they want to look like black yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But black, at that time, most black men would just have a shaved head yeah. or combos. Yeah. But I think, like, having this combined knowledge of stuff has allowed me to sort of into into spaces where i guess maybe some black people might not be able to go or some white people might think oh he's only going to know about this but then i've been able to when people have tested you about bands and artists mm-hmm. i've been quite shocked yeah. i think in areas where i've wanted to be mm-hmm. knowing a lot about 
black culture and what might be seen as predominantly white culture or Asian culture yeah. has been like, okay, get you one person who can do it all. Yeah. I mean, so black, yeah. Do you mean there's like pop culture? Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah. No, no, so come on. I know, because especially with like, I was massively, big, well, always massively been into comics and anime, which a lot of people think is a predominantly white, white person thing, white nerdy person thing, but being able to do, I feel like being into this type of stuff with so much conviction, people haven't been able to sort of take the piss out of me about it. And yeah. if anything, because I've spoken about it with a lot of confidence. Correct. It's called a lot of people in, yeah. but people have been quite I'm interested in it. Like, I think I, for one, I totally didn't get it as well. I'll pull my hands up. Like, when Kofi mentions, like, the stereotype of what what um, black people at the time were really into or what he saw or, or perceived. To, expectations. Yeah, yeah, that would be me as well. I was so black in that. So I would be the person in, 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 the, in a bar called Beerits, which was, you know, down gold bottom. Like, yeah. you know, really renowned the whole DJ, really, really cool, like hip-hop, R&B music. And it was pretty much the scene. <laughs> Timberland's on, sort of a headscarf, you know, the usual. Um, <laughs> and I... Personally, would sometimes see you know my brother like in the, with his friends and stuff, and I wouldn't get it. But it's like you're you were kind of ahead of your time, and also it testament to you. You knew yourself better than yeah. anybody else. Whereas I look back and there was I was really influenced by like the TV at the time and the black people that I saw in America. So you're a shanty and stuff, mm. and I am like that as much as possible. Mm. Whereas you didn't really go for the okay, that's what I should be. You kind yeah. of created your own yeah. style. So, I think there was a time where I think. The black people at Hymers were either sort of—I don't know—I don't know how to describe it. I think there was, you was really sort of acknowledged for your academics mm. and your sports and stuff, and you were either leaning heavily into quote I'm doing air quotes here white culture, mm. or you would lean really into sort of the like black culture. You couldn't be in between. You have to go on to And I remember like there was a time where I remember just being like I had my hair in cornrows because it was easier to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, I remember really wanting to get some Timberlands and a fat farm, what you call it, tracksuit jacket and yeah. top and stuff like that. I remember going out with Vogel and a few of the people. And I, had, I remember getting some Timberlands some jeans. I had this fat farm jacket on a bandana. I remember being like, being out and being like, what the fuck am I wearing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this, this is, is so shit. Me. And I was, in, I was in the Ritz and there's all these other black things with like, big like American, like baseball jerseys, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, Basketball talks yeah. and you know, me and you know, <laughs> guys and everyone is we're all dressed like we've just been like what, we've been watching you got saved. We, we have you been watching it. you got saved. It was just like oh I remember just being like, this is just this is just doesn't this isn't working. Yeah, but because you know who you, you know are, I mean? like, other people kind of go with it, you and, know. And one thing I've noticed that you're at that age where everyone's getting girlfriends and hooking up and stuff. Now the girls that I was into liked black guys who were like ah certain way certain, certain way yeah and like the girls that i was sort of the girls that i know that i was sort of into that weren't to me i was sort of like not resisting it pushed it away because they were not like all the girls that my mates were sort of mm. hooking, with, hooking up with so i remember just sort of like just i don't know i think i think that was a one year where things just worked great i wasn't enjoying mm. school do you know what I mean? I was having a really bad time at home. I think I had a bit of an identity crisis there. Mm. But then it was just like, Normal, I, can't, right? I, can't, I can't do this. Mm. So I remember taking my cameras out, cutting my hair, twist, getting it back in my twist. And going back to like my normal ways, mm. I just felt like uh, easier. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And like getting back into my music and going to a place like Welly and 
spiders again more and going to gigs and things like that instead of just like oh, you know trying to blend in with this scene because it just it just wasn't working it's good to be trying to see you know shall i give it a go is it what yeah. is it me or is it not yeah. I mean, that, that's just completely because you know yourself like i said and also the comic book shop shout out to paul he <laughs> from amazing fantasy you know I discovered, yeah, I realised we had a comic book shop in Hull and that was a bit reactive, a huge game changer. What That's then? Because instead of like having to, <laughs> this is going to be, this is quite cringy. So Proudfoot's was like a, for people that know Proudfoot's is, it's like an oldie, it's a supermarket. Proudfoot's used to sell these comic books called Essential X-Men, which had a main story running through it and it had three or four individual issues of backstories. And I used to go into there, buy French bread pizza, and like get like a kind of like pep, um, Pepsi, the pieces, were, and their sausage rolls as well. Yeah. Were banging. Right. So this was before I was vegan. So I used to go into <laughs> there when I was like 14, 15, and every time I used to buy a comic there, I'd see one of my friends working there. My friend Gibbo or my friend Laura, someone from Wurzy would be like, always looking at me like with my French bread pizza, sausage roll, my drink, and my comic books. Like, hey, was this for? You're not really. That's for kids. I was like, oh, it's my brother. And after a while, because I'd be going in every week just to sort of see what they had, and I'd just buy everything whatever they had. X Men, um, Incredible Hulk, you know, some Avengers stuff, and that was the only thing I could get. And I remember just feeling absolutely buzzed getting that, reading it on the beach or reading it at home. That's so nice. And then when I realised the main fantasy was that I could go in and get comics and manga. Um, So I'm just paid loads and try and get off the internet and stuff. I always just go there on a lunchtime or go there after school and I'd sit and read it and I'd literally just like block everything out. Not escape, but tune out. And I'd have some a CD on or some of that. And then it changed when you guys, by the way, these guys come with the best birthday present ever for my 18th birthday present everyone at school you was getting Mitsubishi Warriors new Mini Coopers Peugeot 206s these guys got me a video iPod which was massive at the time <laughs> for my 18th birthday yeah. got me a video iPod you asked it, though, we asked you what you want and you gave a list I think, I think it's my list and bear in mind I used to have to steal batteries out of remotes out. my bag was full of like four or five CD wallets that yeah, music. Oh, and I just used to yeah, condense it yeah. down to there so I could make playlists for comics and then my whole sort of my whole sort of mindset around like organising and understanding and talking to music and matching music and oh, taking music okay. turn and putting it to certain comic books and creating like playlists for my friends to read comic books that I was leading oh, into it was so good yeah, and it, was just, like, it was absolutely huge but yeah you are welcome yeah, yeah. it's brilliant I still have it actually. see you, you get an idea of us and we ask you Right, let's tell us what you want for things, but see it works out. Yeah, it just it just it changed the game. I used to just go for massive walks on the beach with some tons of stuff and stuff like that to Holland. Just put it on and just used to like write stuff on my phone and notes mm. and stuff like that. So yeah. So if I could ask you've alluded to how kind of pop culture has influenced your kind mm. of interests and parts of your identity, but do you feel that your like Ghanaian heritage has shaped your identity? And if so, how? I think so. I think I'm leaning into it more as I've gotten older. But then I think I had a period, like, even when I was younger, from some like early teens, it never was a problem, do you know what I mean? Or it was something I've always talked about. Like, I've always, you know, talked about, like, the, the food, customs yeah. and folktales, because I think that's the way that we, and I know I've been Educate able to have an attach, yeah. attachment to it because of stories mum used to tell us. I've mm-hmm. still got this, the book, the Nancy the Spider Man book, oh like she's read the Ladybird one. Yeah, that's you know what cute. I mean? And like, I remember there was a period, I think I was like 14, 15, um, I read this book called Dark Moon by David Gemmell. 
and it was just it was me getting back into like high fantasy stuff like that you know with dragons and witches and magic and spells and all this sort of stuff and I remember just being like every book that I'm reading in this series and every time I'm looking around everything fantasy is all white people right. um, I identify with traits of characters in the book but not in terms of yeah, the appearance and the aesthetics yeah. and stuff um, and when black people do show up or darker skin people they're usually villains and things yeah. like that um, I sort of noticed that in the comics and things I was reading and I was like what about doing my own so I never really wrote anything sort of solid until years later but I would constantly be like asking them questions about like you know granddad and you know what does this mean and yeah. I started coming up with like you know I looked around our house and the fact that mum and dad's house has got all these great ornaments carvings and like carvings and stuff like that and I came up with this idea so it's a story like let's write where our house is like an armory Right. And the things that mum and dad have have always got magical properties, like oh, a big nice. spoon and stuff like that. Used to hang oh, on the yeah. wall. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, that, how would you see that? So all this sort of thing. I would mainly incorporate things that I knew about our culture into stories and ideas. And you know, I've got this huge book and sticker Rolex of just things that I would put into a story here and there and things, but I think, you know. That's going to be worth a lot one day. Yeah. For sure. Hopefully. 100%. You've just got to be so creative. Right. It's just doing stuff with it, because I'll start things and never really sort of push it forward, but um, I think one of the best things about, I think, our Ghanaian culture is that I loved, I've always loved it when my friends have come in and they've been like, oh, what is that smell? Or what does this yeah. mean? Or trying to explain stuff to my mates, because the friends that I've had, have never like taken a piss or it's never been a joke or didn't you know I mean or it's never been something to laugh at they've always been quite curious like all our friends know how good mum's cooking it is yeah. and they love talking about it, and they love telling people about i've tried this i've tried that i'll give this a go and you know i remember when mum had mum we had luke and gaz gaz around before mum was going to cook beans and like sausage and egg and all that stuff. I was like, no, 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 no. Where's, where's the chicken? It's like, oh, the good stuff. Did I mean? And that's like, all that sort of thing. Like, looking at Grumpy's friend. It's just so lovely. I love it how recently that same friend got married and friends talking about it and saying like going back after nights out and your mum's cooked your face you know yeah. so no one gets to take away right? yeah. as your mum cooked oh, yeah. we'll go to your house and eat there everybody's yeah. around like isn't that lovely yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's great you can't write that that's nah. like, like the smallest seaside town in east of east Yorkshire. <laughs> one of the most salt of the earth wonderful human beings in his friend luke and he, he just puts his mum's food so high. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's thinking after a night out, what's better than that? Yeah, That's yeah. so lovely. And I think as I've gotten to this point now, like, I think, when I, especially when I was at uni and I started to hang out with more, um, when I say hang out, I started to meet more people who were, I guess, from the diaspora. Yeah. Who would either come up to the UK to study for uni or like, when, mm. you know, first generation, second generation, you know, black British, I guess, being questioned on my blackness allowed me to sort of think how do I yeah. how do I relate to my culture yeah. and a quite what I say being questioned sometimes being ridiculed for aka again going through that cycle not being black to the up. the thing that really upset me about this was there was a couple of people at uni who would point out my lack of blackness and this is one of them was coming from a mixed race kid what? who was half Jamaican half white and another one was coming from one of their best mates who was like this white London rude boy and quite often my blackness would be put on show in front of other people because they'd be like, Block, you're going to come out to this thing. So, yeah, but I've got 
there's a comic book signing there's two of my favorite artists and writers over from the states people be like black people don't do this he's coming from a white person then he's mixed race mate would jump in and be like you know That's how can you have dreads and be into this sort of music or dress this sort of way and it wild, used to spread out do you know what I mean and then it, it did used to bother me because I was very comfortable with how yeah, I was yeah. me, but I just thought it was a bit like mm. kind of get it from a white kid but you know what I mean for you it's no, mixed race it's gone to this private school but, but who is anyone to tell you who you should be and I think <laughs> it's really perhaps you going through that kind of journey because I think everybody goes through it regardless of your background everyone goes through who am I mm. because and whether it happens at school at uni in the workplace sometimes you're very influenced by who's there but when you go away from that immediate environment and then you challenge to mm. kind of work out who am I what do I like what do I don't like what how do I want to present myself to the world mm. it's just so like formative but because you'd already gone through that yeah you knew you when you could stand firm who'd not yeah that could have kind of yeah. quite been derailing mm. and you know already before then before we went to uni um you'd made the decision to kind of go by one of your middle names which mm. is Kofi or Coffee, as we should yeah. probably pronounce but what triggered that was that again part of this self-exploration and do you feel that's changed how you've been perceived or received by others or um I think because it was quite I think well, there's quite a few Andes in on my course I was like it'd be easy just to refer to me as Kofi I think that's what it started out oh, like right, okay. there but then I think as time went on and I started like well I'm not I wouldn't class myself as a Christian you know what I mean? I would I would go to church and stuff. And so I'm just quite a boring name, and I do prefer the name Toby. Totally, it's like, it does yeah, yeah, I just said like when some people found out that my first name is Andrew, like oh my, people are freaking out. Like, what they mean? I was really? like, yeah, some people are really found out like last year and stuff. But when, it, you know, it, it still like de- defines when people have known you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, a few of my friends, you still just call me Dudu. Some will call me Andy. Did I mean quite a few? A lot of my mates will. We've been gone back to calling Kofi. So what do you prefer? So look, if you want to call me, I come around, but I prefer Kofi and stuff. But um, and I think like I do like it. I do prefer. I do like what it feels like to be known as Kofi because when I've applied for stuff and when I spoke to people on the phone about radio things, maybe they're showing sure up or they've been. Oh, we thought dude is quite an interesting name, interesting surname. They haven't realised I was black. Yeah, and it's well, like. Well, I realised the radio audience. I think. Oh, where's it from? Or mm-hmm. they might not realise that I am who I am because how I've sounded and what I've pitched for certain shows and things like that. There's places so where your I've ideas don't sound black either. Is that what I'm trying to say? You're thinking that you're bullshit. Sound a certain way. Yeah. You know, I pitched an idea to do like emo and pop punk music show at a station at a place in Newcastle. And I sent them the details, what it looked like, and said, you know, come in. And they were like, um, oh, we didn't realise that, you know, you're, you're in more in black. Well, they didn't necessarily say that directly. But they're like, yeah, yeah. They were like, to didn't realise you was black. Um, but like, you know, said, so oh, well, we, you know, I, I so can tell that it's a layer for them to kind of digest. Yeah. Like, what? We do it right. And at the time, this is about 2011, 2012. To them, seeing someone who's black do a predominantly like emo pop and rock music show was a bit like very different. Yeah, I'm like, which I always thought weird because you can have white people do dominate hip hop R and R and B spaces, whereas like black people, you very rarely see them in alternative spaces. It's mm. changing now. You've got Nelzy who's like doing one of the alternative shows. He's doing he's doing the rock show. He covered it on Radio One. Yeah. He was the first black presenter to do a rock show on Boobs Radio 1 and that started I think last year oh, right. that's a long time do you know what I mean yeah, he's, a, he's, he's phenomenal I listen to what he's covering I think he's great and it's I don't know I just like people to know I'm 
I'm black, do you know what I mean? First, when they see it on paper, when they read your name, mm. you know that not just that I'm black, but I'm Ghanaian. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you'll so know you it's Ghanaian. By presenting stuff as Andrew Jojo, yeah. might not people are realize it says Kofi Jojo. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So they know it first and foremost, it's what you see in the name. That one of my friends who, who raps is like he goes by that name. Everyone's told him to get a to come up with a rap name. It's like now I want my full name so people to know who I am. So, yeah. so. But do you know what? I think it's for me, it's really interesting like, that you changed it from Andy to Kofi to make it easy because there's quite a few Andys on your course. Yeah, yeah. That's you to a T. You are always the person that makes things oh, easy for other for yeah. other people, which is, it's so nice. But I didn't know that was the like the reason. Yeah. It's also like the educational piece because I think a couple of years ago it might have been in 2020 actually one of my friends who works in hospitality and she's a lovely person but she was like oh my god I didn't know your brother's name meant Friday born mm. and it's like yes it's like your name and yes it's your identity and things but it's it's, it's also nice when other people learn from, mm. yeah. from other things like that so if there is that educational piece or a piece where it's a conversation starter wonderful I think yeah. that's great yeah there's, a, there's that young lad now, isn't there? He's a young up-and-coming football, a white kid called Kofi. Is that? Yeah, yeah, it's quite funny. Have you seen it? Yeah. He was doing the numbers on Twitter. It's quite funny because I think his parents named him because after Kofi and Anne. Oh, and they just went the sound of the name and everyone black Twitter was having a great time with it. They were like, you know, there was that picture of that Jamaican dude, you know, who's singing <laughs> the white dude doing all those like Afrobeat songs. Yeah. Everyone's like, you know, Kofi 20 years, 20 years time. Um, you know, when he's going savage. out, when he's going savage. out, he hits when he finds the karaoke and he's just, oh, it's just it's yeah, but they, they were loving it. People were celebrating and saying like, yeah, let me go so we said before that you obviously worked in the media and it's not been a case of it's just something that's fallen into your lap mm. tell us a little bit about the journey of getting to the face of hope i reckon mm. quite a lot of this started with just listening to the radio and not knowing who the voice was behind it, it coming out the speakers because you when we were listening to it we'd have social medias and if a radio presenter very very rarely did radio presenters do stuff on TV. It wasn't a big thing then. No. Some of them did. The very special few days, it was like you were the radio presenter on TV. TV. Yeah, sure. I always wanted to listen to radio because that's where we all got our music from at the time. It was very comforting and it was just funny. And it was just like, I don't know, being obsessed with music and not being able to buy music or download music at the time. That was it. Because it wasn't okay. Yeah. And it felt accessible because I was like, well, if they don't, because we don't see black people on TV. When we see black people on TV, they're criminals on the bill. They don't mean not true yeah. to Desmond's or you know what I mean? Like <laughs> the Real McCoy, you know, all that sort of classic stuff. So I thought, well, I was thought, well, radio could be something I could do because it's the appearance doesn't really matter. Because I think at that time growing up, it was all about, you know, how you look like yeah. rather than how you sounded and stuff. But I think a lot of stuff changed for me when Zane Lowe started doing Gonzo. So Gonzo was a TV show on MTV2, which just had a couch, battered old brown couch. Didn't know this New Zealand um, um, radio DJ presenter, producer, however you want to describe him. He would sit there with this terrible mid 2000 green screen background and he would be occasionally talking to a guest. If not, he'd be talking about here's a song from Incubus, uh, here's FX Twin. We're going to go back and listen to my favorite hip hop tracks. So let's get some fast side try for Quest. And I was like, he's listening to everything. Yeah. Nobody I listen to I is talking me. about everything yeah. didn't mean then he goes on to radio one and he's got this very quiet was that how he got on to radio yeah, well, he yeah he went from MTV. he was doing mtv and right. he's doing radio one as well he did i think he's did he go to extra but i remember him not being on 
MTV2 anymore and then he's on the radio so I started listening to radio more again instead of just buying CDs and things but he's playing all the stuff that I would be listening to yeah, anyways right. and talk about different genres and he made it possible he's made it possible for me to realize that you can do this type of stuff you mm. can listen to multiple genres of music and talk about them yeah. and celebrate them and that's okay because I think at the time most people would stick to a genre yeah. whether that was financial because depending on how much money you had I remember going to HMV on Wi-Fi getting home and having maybe about 20 quid in my pocket. I've got my return ticket to win and I've got like... so. I'm, we told you it was yeah. like 1.75, but yeah. now that will get you one way. I've got my return ticket to win with this 20 quid, I've got to try and find some food. I've got to pay for the cinema. I've got to get through the cinema and like I've got to buy a CD. Now, I remember this one specific day where I had an option to either buy Take This Tea Grave by Fall Out Boy or I could buy In Keeping Secrets as I ever buy a code in Cambria. I've already got to support Boy music. I love Fort Boy, but something about checking this Curtin Cambria CD was like, you've got to buy this CD, buy this CD. This band has changed my life. It sounds like really? Outlook, music, it's taken me to so many places, friends, people that I've met because of it. And having the, but I'm sorry to tell you the story because that was the decision every time you went to buy a CD. Yeah. You know, so people would literally just invest in one genre because yeah. anyway, it would be That's quite true. thrilling, quite safe. Yeah. Whereas now, you can listen to everything. But Dane Lowe changed it because he made me feel like, you know, keep buying different keep buying different types of music, keep dabbling in different sounds because you'll meet different people, you'll hear different forms of story writing, storytelling. And that was that was a big part of it. Plus, me, Luke and Gaz always used to get together and watch the MTV Video Awards, Movie Awards, yeah. uh, Music Awards. They were okay. huge. And we'd always get together and watch it. And we'd always look forward to all the sketches and all the skits that whoever's presenting that year would do because it would take all the hot films from the summer and take all the hot artists from that year and mash it all together. Yeah. And I was like, I know we used to watch it, have a laugh. We used to go out, we'd go on the beach and talk about it and we'd be quoting it and saying it'd be funny if we did this. And I ended up getting a video camera and I was on sale. I, I nagged Dad, this, I nagged him, said, Dad, please, can you get me this camera from Wolves? It's on sale. It's like 9.99. It's just a high yeah. video camera. It's going out of fashion. So he's like, fine, just go and get it. And from then on, I you never went out with my friends, it, yeah. taking it out and yeah. um, taking it out around with and see on the beach, you, you know, you know yeah. we were recording music videos. I Did remember me, Anthony, and me, Anthony, Gaz and Lou were doing like waiting for a star to fall. Like Anthony's got, Anthony did some, Anthony killed it. <laughs> did that waiting for a star to fall, waiting for a star to fall, the original. So we've got it playing. Like, look, Gaz has got this guitar. Luke's pretend to play bass, I'm on drums, and Anthony's just doing whatever, pretend he's got maracas and stuff. But then there's a huge saxophone solo, Anthony gets his maracas, turns it into a saxophone, and he nails this saxophone around, he's like, yes, he's cheering him on. And so we're Have just, just messing around. I'd love to find a videotape. Just right, dumb right. stuff like that. And right, I just thought, right. you know, I get a lot of joy, and my friends and I get a lot of joy out of the art, out of music, out yeah, of yeah, film. Okay. I'd love to be part of that process of like, packaging it and bringing it to people like mm. you remember Zane like I remember when Zane left Apple when anybody has any left, really left radio to go to Apple and you see it with presenters who either do specialist music shows or special type of show the people that whose art you're sharing the people that are listening to you to hear that art they they see you as, as like a focal point and a trusted yeah. individual to introduce them to something new yeah. and I think that's what I've always liked like, like trying giving CDs to people mixtapes to people and yeah. stuff like that and there's and getting them to come back to what you like, what do you like, how do you improve it? I like getting people involved in that because we'll all hear a song, we'll all watch a film, and we'll be able to respond to that differently. And I'm always curious to hear of 
what did you get from it? Yeah. What can I learn from you, from what you've gone from this? Yeah. And then how can we go forward with this, mm. from, from, with that knowledge there? I, I just love that whole process. To me, it sounds quite self-indulgent because I think it centers you around being like an arbiter of like um, distributing content and stuff. But yeah. I think it, you can center yourself with other people's work and use it as an opportunity to bring people in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I've always used music or an interest, comics to cultivate different tribes and friendship groups and that, that sort of stuff. But it's nice though, because yeah. you've got such an eclectic group of friends or acquaintances, because you go out with Kofi and he says hi to everybody, or somebody, will, he's got his attention somewhere, because he just knows a lot, a lot of people, oh, but yeah. whether it's a close, close friend or somebody, you'll stop and spend that time to that person to make them feel like they're really, you know, part of that moment with you, which I think is lovely. That's a, that's a mum thing. Isn't it the mum? Don't stop though, does she? Does. she does not stop. No, but she just stop talking. Oh, you're like, yeah. she just does that little, mm. <laughs> you're like, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Mum is like, I, I remember just spending a lot of time going shopping with mum. Yeah, that's what you see that about. Into the butcher. Oh. And like, go to your boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, boyfriend. And just those journeys to places were like, insane because the people she would stop and talk to yeah. and the way that people would have go out their way across the road yeah, to, to come and talk to me. Yeah, yeah. But as I got older, it used to freak me out a little bit because when we were walking on Winter, I didn't you like a lot of people looking at us and staring. That really used to just stress me out. Remember the old doctors? Yeah. I used to hate those doctors. The old waiting room was that huge square yeah. you saw on the outside and the, the reception was at the entrance yeah. there. And you had to go yeah, through past. across the hall yeah. to get to where the doctors were. Yeah. I hated that. Really? When our names were called. Really? I used to hate because like people would just be watching and no, I just didn't like people looking But they're watching you. It's because yeah. there's nothing to do. There's no, no TV, there's no distraction. And I hate it. Yeah. So yeah. I used to think yeah. why people look at us, even but when we're walking in the street. But I think it carries over from just being like the only black family in Wigginson. Yeah. And when we're walking around, you know, I just think how does you know, mum always just seems to have a, a good time. Mum's always seems to be like enjoying it talking to people. But I She's used got to flair just hate it sometimes mm. because I used to have people looking at us because we're different, because we look different. Mm. I think I've always been quite hyper aware that we are black and we yeah. are different. I don't know. Yeah, you, you know, did you I know some people go can go their whole lives and think, well, yeah, but well, I'm no different. But I think growing up I always thought there was always that barrier. Yeah, exactly. But then it's like just because we're black and we are different, Maybe it's not an issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100 percent Yeah. But um going back to like we're really proud of all that you've achieved and immensely proud. And it's the representation that I feel that is like massively needed. How do you feel that your success is helping, or are you aware that your success is helping other people follow in your footsteps like locally? And also, do you feel that it's starting to make waves within like perhaps old members of our community thinking bigger and less kind of closed mind? You know, mm. when counseling people about career options and mm. stuff and, and you know, to see that you're succeeding in the world of media, and, and it's I guess it's that like encouraging the gifts that your child has instead yeah. of kind of trying to steer them well-meaning often but into kind of, kind of mm. like narrow careers which might not necessarily be for them when I was doing stuff with schools like St Mary's in which Hull, is, yeah in oh. Hull which is predominant which they especially when I was doing something with the sixth form which are predominantly black 
I'm trying to fascinate because when we were at school, it was it wasn't like that at all. What's St Mary's? Yeah, St Mary's. It's on in Dyke Lane. So it's just like it's you know where my old school hall grammar was. Right. It's, it's not too far, five ten minutes from there, behind the university. Okay. Essentially. So that's a real back school. So it's really diverse. It is. It's Chida and I when we're talking about it because he when he was there he said it wasn't like that. He said a few years like after. Recently, last five ten years. Because was, people was, migrate in groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they settled in the right stage. They've got an area for it. Just go for it. He was teaching there, and he said he said every day he was going to school. He like I'm so. I get so angry sometimes because I hated the fact that he said he hated, well, not hated, but it was just me and Tawanda. Yeah. It's just me and Tawanda. We barely even talked to each other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He said, like, now he said, they're all there, like, hair, natural hair, bringing in, and the sixth form was all bringing in, like, fufu and all this sort of stuff. And they're all sharing lunch. He said, it's like, it's, he said he so loves nice. to see it. Amazing. But he said, he's like, I just see what I've missed out on. Yeah. He said, I would have been a very different person. Sweet. Same thing, I said, look, I'm the same thing. Yeah. But when we've done stuff with St. Mary's, it's been great because a lot of them said, well, my parents want me to do this, but I love me to go into that counting or I want me to be a doctor. But, you know, I really want to start my own business with like hair products and things like that. And, you know, what would you advise? I said, look, I, can, I can't tell you not to go against your parents, but I'll also say is if you've got an idea and you want to do it, make it happen, show them you can make it happen. Do you know what I mean? And that has been quite nice. And there's a couple of kids who I do see who want to do media stuff and they send me bits oh, and I'll have nice. a chat with them and I'll, they, they run some ideas past me recently. I booked into doing Domino's Pizza a couple of months ago and he came, one of the lads came with I want to do this. And I was like, that is a brilliant idea. If you want help filming it, you need help with it, just let me know because oh, I think nice. that is insane. And I saw him the other day when I was driving, but I didn't have time to pull over and be like, look, you haven't done this thing. You, you, you need to, to do it. it. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't know. But I'm, I think, you know, when I do stuff, I speak to him members of like the black community in a whole it's quite nice because like i think a lot of kids parents know who i am but some of the kids don't unless they're small like everything everyone in between like eight and all that upwards probably won't know who i am and that's fine because you know when i was eight years old mm. i wasn't watching the news or listening yeah. to this type of radio True. but it's you know it's nice to speak to you know i get a lot of parents in fact i would always say it's not a lot of parents of color it's just people just you know seem to be like you know saying aquaba aquaba to me all the time but like, uh, did you yeah, just start your radio show? Yeah, I said, you know, welcome, you're also welcome. You know, there's always a CPU here at our breakfast table, quaba, 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 and you know, people will shout it and stuff oh, like that. It's so nice. Punk, but it's all these like, people of all yeah, yeah, it's mainly like, like, um, middle aged white men, like, yeah. <laughs> like, beat with the horn, like, quaba, yeah, we love it, yeah, quaba. That's right. And I think, when you've got the job, I remember you saying that you were walking home. And a guy of South Asian heritage came up to you and said, "Well done, like yeah. you've done really great, and we we, we we love to see it." Mm. And you know that's yeah. just that's mm. what like, my yeah. presentation is all not about. Just isn't it? Like your immediate community, yeah. it's just showing the possibilities for everybody. Yeah. The whole thing about inclusivity: you open the door, or yeah, you, and not that you you deserve that. You worked, and you saw how hard you worked in the audition stages. 2017 was a crazy year for you, the mm. amount of hours you posed. I'm learning, it's a learning, yeah. it's like a, yeah. the, the craziest apprenticeship because also it was filmed and a lot of it was live. Yeah. So 
it was a and real big learning curve for yeah, you. Yeah, you handled it all. Smashed it. Yeah. With, and also you smashed it with um, real maturity as well because the element of, right, you know, I want to stay on the ball here, so I'm not going to socialise as much, maybe, or drink and things yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. That mindset's amazing. Like, yeah. Sorry, if that was me, I'd be at every after yeah, show. Yeah. Like, Hello. I did go to a lot of just the whole night. Yeah, I think you realize the magnitude of yeah. the opportunity, and you were like, I'm not gonna mess really with sure. take because you know that was a year, so that was in 2017. Well, it started towards the end of 2016, and here you are in 2022, still yeah. working. You're presenting the breakfast show, which just it's like it's Incredible. amazing, and we just uh, you know watching it all, and we can't wait to see. And you're still humble with it yeah, as well, which I yeah. think is lovely. So we just love it. So keep keep on keeping on. We're just, yeah. Yeah, really but also, I've had lots of support with you guys. Thank you. I was waiting for that. I was a father. It's really humble. And look how much you guys have to do. No, no, no. You guys have massively supported me. I wouldn't be able to do this without you guys. You know, obviously, without mum. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah, just, you know, just being able to feed feedback to you guys and said what about this you know does this work and just like having people to vent to and then get frustrated and stuff like that i just can't wait who's like, gonna play me when the, the tea yeah. <laughs> when, the, when the checks come in i do envision <laughs> that was like i think we could have an amazing like um production group production company and that is like span across some of stuff if it's podcast if it's online content you can even like get in things like you know you want to get into like, interior design and stuff like that literally having an in-house yeah, organization where we can take care of so do we we've got Callum and all and cash and all that like, you know to, mm, yeah, to, like, to, to work with there's a lot of people we know who you know we could like pull into an organization i think that's it because you know mum's mum's given us this ethos of lifting as your eyes isn't yeah it? Totally. So, like when people i know some people and you see it happen with some people where they come up and they start ditching the people around them that are helping them to get there and start feeling, I need to associate with these guys. Yeah. But I remember that I've had one mean Callum fantasize about this best at the other. We've been like, look, as long as we're doing it with the people who we know. Yeah. And like we only bring people in who we trust and who fit in with like the ethics and the ethos yeah. and all that. Then you can be unstoppable, but you see that happen. There's people that have gone and created that environment for themselves yeah. because they've done it in the right way. They've done it with the right people. Yeah. They've gelled together in like, and look, first and foremost, you need to be honest with people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't surround yourself with, like, yes men and no. people are just going to tell you what you want to hear. You need that difference of thought and opinion. Yeah. And people to be able to be like, hang on a second, yeah. you know, have you considered this and thought of this and stuff? So, but, yeah, got a good little So do you, crew. listening back to your, and I don't normally do this from a perspective of the podcast, but I have to because you're my little brother. From talking through in a very sort of shortened version where you started from mm. doing recording your little voice for a little cassette player to filming your mates and stuff to, you know, even just thinking, how am I going to do, put this audition together mm. to where you are now, where you are uplifting, getting people to say, mm. you know, changing what is the norm now of the radio station of Hull from Side Radio. How would you feel? Obviously, I know your journey's not over, but how do you feel like having a bit of a walk down memory lane? I think it's like, it's, I do feel it's a bit crazy. Yeah. I feel it's a bit wild because <laughs> there was a point where I know when I was at school, even when I was at uni, I wasn't. I've never really thought, "Is the way to do this mm. for a job?" I always mm. thought, "This is fun. I'm enjoying this. I've got some free time. I'm gonna join the student radio station." And even though we had like my lecturers who were great and um, were giving us options and opportunities to go and work with the TV 
papers and like radio stations and stuff. It was always journalists, never as presenters. Ah, really? Yeah, there were never any of those sort of opportunities to go and do that sort of stuff. So I never really thought that thought that there was a way in. But I keep thinking that you know, if I was going to speak to eighteen year old me, or like hold on, stuff all these written down. I was speaking to five year old me, eight year old me, twelve year old me, fifteen, eighteen. 23. So I say these versions because they're all, they're all, you know, like, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, no. 29. You can count. Well done. There's reasons for the, <laughs> every, 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 nothing that wasn't. Something has happened at Miles' ages. Yeah, yeah, right. those ages. Uh, those ages. I'd be like, they'd all be like, this is me. Didn't really Yeah, they'd like, be so great. proud of you. It's like, there's stuff that I'm doing where, Every age like, it's allowed me to do stuff so, so that feeds into something at that age that I've loved yeah. or that I wanted to do, I wanted to, to do to do more of, especially 18, 19 version of me, because I remember walking on the clifftop with Kyle and Jack, I think it was coming towards the end of our A-levels, and everyone was talking about what they wanted to do and you know what the ideal situation was. And I didn't realise this until I moved back home in 2020 for lockdown. I think I was listening to a playlist from 2007. And I just had this memory of like when we, when we were on the clifftops, I was thinking, I remember saying to them, the ideal situation for me would be to do radio or be a presenter during the day mm. and then have in my spare time be able to write. Shut and then up, I'd be like, really? Yeah, and I remember like, I'm doing that now. But the only thing is I'm not writing as much as I thought yeah, I would be. Right, okay. And that is, that's... That will come, come Yeah, that's yeah. coming. It's happening a little bit more. And stuff that memory's come to you for a reason. Yeah. That's and insane. I remember, that's and I started writing a lot. Pardon? That's really inspirational to kind of yeah. realise that things that you'd hope for mm. coming to pass. And but it maybe makes you appreciate the present more as well. Well, that was it. Because yeah. I was feeling quite frustrated with how things were, obviously, one where the plans that Martha and I had for, like, no filter, the show and the page at time had been put on hold. Obviously, pandemic, it was serious, right to do so. But then also we're thinking everything that I'm trying isn't allowing me to go to that next step. But then I kept thinking too much about the next step, which was getting in the way of me being able to do stuff. I'm just enjoying the no filter. So yeah. I just had to dial it back and be like, look, you've got all this opportunity now. You're, you're in a space and position where you can just really, really focus on the radio, the radio that you're doing here. So worry about the next thing. And you want to tell stories as well. Keep yeah, going to yeah. tell stories. But I also think that you have to take stock. And it's really difficult somebody who's as motivational as yourself. You don't sometimes stop and pat yourself on the back. You're always thinking, I haven't done enough writing or I'm, I have to go and do this with one friend and stuff. And it's, it's, it is healthy to be like that because that's what makes you you. Mm. But having this kind of synopsis of who Kofi is, mm. you need to sometimes think, actually, do you know what? I'm doing bits. Yeah. I've cut down on the friends thing now, I think. I think I'm not doing as much with people or worry and feel like I have to sort of check up on this person and do this because it's, it's like, then. yeah, because I think like at the end of the day, everyone's adults now. Yeah. And like the people who I do check up on and who people do want to spend my time with, I am spending my time with, yeah, you know, with rather than thinking it's got to be just about what, and I think over the past, like, maybe five, six years ago, I started cutting things, cutting things down. And then when it, we had the Black Lives Matter protest and conversations around George Floyd, yeah, that, I don't want to say helped because that situation didn't help anyone, but no, that moment right? allowed me to yeah, open my eyes, allowed mm-hmm. me to see who I'm investing my time in Correct. and like, how much time I want to invest in people around mm-hmm. Well, so like, I'd say any relationship is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. So it's not just who you're investing in. Are they investing mm-hmm. in you? Yeah, yeah. And also, I think um, 
I think you're a very good friend and you've had a lot of lovely um, friends but great friends from when you were little I I feel that you and your kind of friendship group or groups have lost people along the way too soon like you know so you do look out and check up on each other and Mm. stuff but um like mental health wise and Mm. things or people who've suffered physical problems and, and passed early but um I think that as you get older, you realise there's a difference between a friend and acquaintance. Mm-hmm. And you, friendships are different and unique. So you've got enduring friendships, you know, you, that, that have stood for like over 30 years. Mm-hmm. But then, the, and it's not saying acquaintances are not genuine or that those fun times you might have had with them, but that's a different kind of that level, isn't there? Yeah, and yeah. That's a different it kind of time investment and, and that's okay mm, as well that's absolutely fine because yeah. so Steph said you don't want to spread yourself too thin and also she said there's been times and reckonings that you realise that who is really for me mm. and, and who am I like busting guts and kind of maintain stuff but, but yeah I don't it, worry it's but, a hard realisation that I feel it's because you feel bad don't you yeah. you have to get over that initial like oh my god what am I doing all my life <laughs> that's a good lesson I, yeah. I, I think initially when I realised that it made me in some ways feel a bit selfish but then in other ways it, mm. it was quite empowering you know? then totally. it kind of takes you off the hook if you like of having to invest time time is the most precious resource yeah. you get is you'll never get it back yeah. so why do this and it's not that to be kind of because we kind of called or selfish but then it's actually then you can be kind to yourself first and foremost and then if you're pouring because you can't pour from an empty cup and then you can really be good in the relationships that you do have in our maintaining mm. and stuff like that so yeah 100 agreed yeah yeah but anyway right. joe grandson it's not only magic question time. so we ask every guest as you know because you edit our podcast <laughs> but it's now at that time to ask you what are your hopes and dreams for black british culture in the next five to ten years and do you have any insight on how we're going to get there this is so hard because, again, you had some amazing responses. Don't Most people covered some really good stuff. I'm just thinking... What can I plagiarise? Hey, and then well, yeah, yeah. Put with a relaxing. There's, there's been some amazing <laughs> stuff about unity and ownership. And, and yeah. anytime your guests have talked about unity and ownership, I'm just like, I listen to it over and over again. It's mm. just like, like, that is bang on. And I think we're quite a lot of us are united on that. We want to see a bit more... Is collaboration the right word? Yeah. And like yeah. when I say you, like when I say ownership, I look at how black culture is everywhere. <laughs> Music, it's in food, it's in fashion, it's uh, it, it's in film. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 all over the place. But how much that is us? How much of that is yeah. we? Are we seeing the residuals now? I know that's not why a lot of people do it, but if anyone's going to benefit of it, yeah. it should be us. Preach. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I just want to see us with our own. Like film productions, or taking a chance on more of a black film production or TV production. You want to get this TV show pilot made? Don't worry about speaking to I don't know Granada or the pitching to the BBC. Go to these guys, make it. Sit yeah. on YouTube or something. Do you know what I mean? Because you look at Issa Rae. She started off with either an awkward black girl. Three minutes an episode for the first couple of seasons. Then she stepped up to five, six. Did four or five seasons of that. She's HBO, six seasons of them, Insecure. Right. And, made another stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was all done. She amazing, made it work with black producers, black team. Do you know what I mean? And she kept it and she's always going black, 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 black. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She's always, she's just had the right vision because she looked right towards the right people to make her things work. And like, you know, that's one of the, you know, that's just, you know, one story of many. And I'd like to see us 
take control of like financially and then you look at all these products that we use in our hair if you're not actively seeking to buy from black entrepreneurs black and black companies you'll rely on the dark and lovely and all yeah. these other stuff the news is getting out that it's they're owned by white, white people man. or asian people aren't they yeah do you know what i mean yeah and i see that i'm just thinking how much what's the millions of pounds and dollars we're putting into this yeah why aren't we invested in the many people out there within our communities that are making all of this sort of stuff and making it really well yeah, using yeah. natural ingredients yeah. because we're hearing all about power events and stuff like that and all yeah. this sort of things causing cancer and this stuff. It's like, why aren't we looking and spent taking a little bit more time to invest? Yes, I know that independents are a little bit more expensive, but the more you start buying from it and seeing the results of sharing, the prices can come down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, just, and I, I don't know. I just think it's people just having to trust ourselves a little bit more. But I don't think we do. Yeah. And I don't, and, you know, I don't think we expect that we offer. I don't, I don't know, because, and I think, I think some, I don't know if anyone has said it before on the podcast, when it comes to, and I've seen it a lot on Instagram and Twitter, a lot of conversation on it, when it comes to supporting a black business, it's like, oh, what, what discount can I get? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or it's like, oh, how many of these can you get before? You try and haggle. Why? Instead of being like, look, Put me down for five. I thought, oh, that's your price, and just paying the price. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But why do we do that? I don't know. I think maybe because, like, would we do that to white owners? You wouldn't. I don't think I, I would. I don't think you would. Of course you wouldn't. You'd, you'd, and also, it's a power balance, yeah. as well, which is not in our favor. Yeah, sometimes you might not feel comfortable enough yeah, to ask for yeah. this but then, like, it's not the norm. You yeah. don't, in that culture, you don't do that. Yeah. Also, it's like you wouldn't, you shouldn't be doing that to like small businesses compared to like larger businesses yeah. as well. Yeah. But I, I do think that personally, can, and I'm trying to kind of work hard to overcome this as well, is that if you have had a bad experience with mm. a black business owner or brand, to not let that put you off, whether it's going back to them mm. or going back to black businesses in general. Mm. Or we can just work bad word of mouth, because we do talk badly, don't we? Yeah. Bad it's just like, yeah, because you might have bad experiences with other things but you might still go back I just think you know my last experience flying wasn't great but mm. I know I'll probably go back because that's the yeah, go yeah. to where I want to go but so you should have that same grace with small independent businesses mm. I think like we've gone too comfortable with each other sometimes but I think it's great because some of the best humor that we see on Instagram and Twitter is where like <laughs> look what genuine's up to everyone's taking the mick out of his dancing and stuff like that but then like the culture comes together to have an inside joke, it's quite cool that we're all yeah. in it. Yeah, and the yeah. people that the joke might be on will be in on it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you don't see that anywhere You're else. Controlling that narrative out yeah. to some extent. And yeah. I love it because I just think you know, black Twitter when we get together, when we pull together, is amazing. If you're on the end of it, it's the worst. Yeah. But if you're in the crowd, it's, it can be so good, especially when we are championing something or fighting for something yeah. or celebrating something. Or there's a part of our culture where we're all sort of seem to be unified because we all have an experience of it and we all have an opinion of it it can come forward so how do we take that collective energy mm. and s- turn that into something which can be financially beneficial for people within yeah. within the group and how can we do it to sort of like celebrate and tell each other and tell our stories as well mm. you know because there's a lot i think that we can say and we get a lot that we can promote within black uh, black britain alone but the conversations around our culture it seems to be focused on the south mm-hmm. and when they come up north it looks at manchester do you know what i mean or birmingham, or birmingham. Why, how do we spread that across and i know the friends that the conversation i've had with 
a couple of mates who are from Yorkshire or East Yorkshire or where we're at, where they've got stories to tell and they're telling stories their certain way. We're all slowly piecing bits together and we're trying, I'm like, look, we've only got a few more years before it's going to be quite more difficult than it is for us to get out and film So Let's keep doing this now. Yeah. So I've been sort of working with like other guys, other writers, directors and producers and writing rooms are springing up and people are just doing stuff off their own back. Yeah. And it's amazing I- because I know that these stories are going to be somewhat different and they might not land with everyone first, no. but the fact that they're out there and that other kids who were growing up in places like where we've grown up or in the in northern England, where yeah, our experience that. is different to people down south, yeah, you know, it might inspire them to go and tell their truth. I'll be honest with you, I haven't walked. I haven't in the. I met these Americans a couple of weeks ago, and they were oh yeah, like they talked about Top Boy, and like, yeah. I haven't watched it. But they were loving it. And Americans love it. Like, Top Boy is meant to be crazy. Since it's switched like on to... Well, this is the mm, thing yeah, I'm like, saying. Like, no, yeah. I don't know. No, 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 top, top Boy is like... You know, I'm, I'm not saying it's yeah. the same, but is it the equivalent of... Yes, Loving the Wire like, or Power, yeah. do you know what I mean? Or something like that. So you know how you know, African-American gangster hood life was glamorised yeah, yeah, yeah. here in the UK? We look, some, so like, quite a lot of people love that. Um, Top Boy is that but British right. for a lot of Americans and I, I watched Top Boy because I turn it on and I'm like I I, and I respect the artist and I respect the people I respect the um, the writers the actors of it some really good talents but I've, it's taken me a while to get through it and yeah. I've loved it but I still feel there's a bit of a disconnect with this life and stuff so, do, do you know what I mean I I've feel really let it, down by did. that because you know I feel like am I and it makes me question my I guess black Britishness because that oh, yeah. is seen as the like the epitome of it. You know what I mean? The sense of yes, the crux no, of it. It's... Quick, but then I pull myself out of it. It's like, well, that was that's just another so story. Many to you and so many layers to that cast, like, and not aligned. Yeah, you went to like private school. Yeah, you know this. This is very much, and even if you were from certain areas of London, they've really sort of romanticised these flats and these yeah. gangs and the signs and all of that. So when I watched it as well, I remember thinking, and I had a friend at London at the time that was taking the mix. He was like, you're more Emmerdale, aren't you? And I was like, oh, yeah, to be honest, I am. Yeah. You know, I, I, not to be, you know, a certain way, but you and then you as a boy watching that, because it's so romanticised and deemed as so cool by so many people. Yeah, abroad, yeah, yeah. Have I already lived or? Yeah. But this goes back to what I was trying to speak to somebody about just this week. So just because you're black doesn't mean that you'll consume everything that yeah. is black black owned, black made, mm. black produced, because it, it mm. might not be for, for the exact mm. reasons you so eloquently shared as to why perhaps things don't resonate or land, yeah, yeah. land with you. But it doesn't mean that you're not supporting that. Yeah, you know, yeah. You've got production and stuff and, 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 and that you can learn lessons from. And um, didn't one of the recent episodes, we one of our guests from this season, Natal, who's the CEO of Telling Mar, didn't they use like her nail varnishes in, in a seat or something like that mm-hmm. yeah it's all that stuff that's that's great for the culture and then mm-hmm. kind of going back and helping um, smaller businesses and massively support that but as I said I've not watched it because it's just not something that I mm-hmm. actually yeah. like lean towards so likewise if someone who's white won't watch every single thing yeah yeah, yeah. Like, person to like let yourself off the hook you know yeah. but we're sort of expected aren't you like you know again I remember people being there like, oh, yeah, what's Top Boy? Do you know that uni and stuff? Yeah. Like, no. No. Nah, you know I mean? Like, if we have a good network of, you know, people producing, making art, yeah, and seeing it. the different types of stories yeah. and allowing us to accept that there's different stories. Like, I still have an issue with 
seen black people on TikTok singing to Paramore or singing to, I don't know, Guns N' Roses or shredding right. on guitars and they say alternative black and I'm just using that hashtag. Well, you know, and, yeah, you know what I mean? I remember just doing, black. I remember just black, I remember doing stuff with the, um, with some of the um, that's not cool. black students' unions and they're like, oh, the alternative black kids out there like this so they're not, and I don't know why. Mm. Like, what do you mean, don't call them alternative black because they're black kids who aren't into Afrobeats and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's so And great. that's fine. Yeah. And some of them are a bit like, oh, well, do you mean if you're part of the African Caribbean society, yeah. you are this, this, this. Yeah, it shouldn't that's be like, that's like, so limiting, isn't it? As a black person, if a white person or anyone else who's non black said, well, as a black person, we expect you to do this, this, and this work, well, that, that's on me. Yeah. Why? And I think sometimes we can be our worst enemy because we like, we, we could be that self-fulfilling prophecies and that's can't mm. we yeah and I think you know we need that's the one thing I want us to shake to and break and say look black people can be anything yeah, and yeah, anything yeah. can be okay yeah, I, yeah. I, I tell people the story that conversation me and you had about black conservatives I remember saying to Julie like what do we do about conservatives about black conservatives and I'd be like and then I stopped I was like I can't I shouldn't say that because the, the, there shouldn't be anything wrong with being a black conservative no, well. because me like it might seem a little bit strange, and that's maybe another conversation yeah. the day. But I've got friends who are right leaning, and I know some black conservatives, and it doesn't stop me from hanging out with them or being mates with them. But we can have some interesting discussions, and you know, I'm not. People might see see me as a massive lefty, but there's lots of that I wouldn't agree with the, exactly, the Labour yeah. parties. So like but there are some things out about conservative, some conservative policies, which I'll be like, oh, that's actually quite interesting yeah. to read into a little bit more. But when you're Fully right, fully it's right. A bit cray cray. It's a bit like, yeah. Please, I want to know what your understanding is yeah. and rationale of it. Just tell me I'm not going to vilify you for it. I'm not going to take to Twitter and slag you off. But I'd like to understand where your mindsets come from because it's just different. It's different. Well, very it? different. Yeah. You know I mean? And I know that's very different to like your different genres of music and stuff. No, you're, you're very like, open-minded. We have, but we have to be. Yeah, yeah. I think you've, we've yeah. lost the kind of power of debate, so we don't understand where the other side. Like you say, mm. just I want to understand where your where you're coming from with this yeah. because it doesn't align with me but I perhaps want to educate myself or yeah. be aware of where the other person thinks because we often all live in quite echo chambers yeah, yeah. and stuff but this has been fascinating yeah. I was I've actually learned all stuff. Day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought I'd know everything but I've learned some really great stuff I'm and so glad that the present that we got you has shaped your future so. oh mate it, it was, <laughs> honestly it was a game changer those bus journeys home yeah, and we spent a lot of time on that. Do you know what I mean? Hours. Getting picked up at half six <laughs> and getting back at six. Yeah, long, long days, days man. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I've still got like, I've worked for it away because I'm trying to get the hard drive fixed. Okay. Because uh, it, it's like, it's frozen in time. I think it stopped working sometime at university. Right. And I'm like, this thing is like, Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. This has been fascinating. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Can you I'm at Kofi underscore smiles pretty much on everything. Instagram, Twitter. I've got those TikToks ready to post my drafts. Nice. Talk about comics and TV and film and all the stuff that that's interesting. I'd like to see that. A bit of music and things. Yeah. I need to just get them out and stop yeah. being so like precious about them because it's in my head, you, I'm there's like, so many people that want it that actually really either think like you or really need direction. And I think yeah. you share a lot of information and insights, so get it out. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, on there. And if anybody's interested in getting involved in radio or just wants to leg up, because I know how hard it was to get in, I'm determined to help anyone as much as I can. Mm. Oh, uh, drop me an email, it's just Kofi 
smiles at bbc.co.uk. So yeah, fire it across and we're going to link you up with someone because it's, it's hard to get into this industry. So, you know what I mean? Let's see what we can do to help people out. It's nice to know that like there's people that still want to get into these industries, even though they are slowly, slowly. It's really weird being part of a dying industry. Is it dying? It's evolving. Is yes. It yeah. Evolving? I think, but so I think the, way, the, the industry that I wanted to go into i Doesn't don't think really exists anymore right. it's, 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 evolved. it's, it's yeah, yeah it's, it's changed a lot but then as more and more people come in and still want to work in it especially yeah. younger people so many people in their teens and 20s that want to be involved in radio and online now. amazing though? and i'm just thinking where is this supposed to come in from but it's enduring i mean it's an enduring thing. Yeah. So yeah it's come across so many different competing things but it's still endured and mm. always been there and at times, with the pandemic, for example, being told you're a key worker. Yeah. And no, but no, I'm not yeah. saying no, you wouldn't automatically yeah. necessarily think, but it is because people need that yeah. everyday mm. reassurance and the kind of um, mm. uh, you familiarity. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying, in the kind of, you, you might initially go to other professions, but they actually, they, this is oh, really yeah. important. This is part People of people's routine, everyday yeah. life and stuff. So, yeah, I, I just think maybe how it has previously existed may change in a yeah, while. I think yeah. it will probably always be there. If it's overcome competition of, of like videos, mm. outlived music video kind yeah. of era and stuff like that. Well, like music it. TV, yeah. that. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So that is it from us today. Um, thank you so much to Kopi Smiles for joining us. It's been an honour. And like we said, we've actually learned things about somebody that we've known you know, all of his life. So to all the listeners that are listening, thank you so much for your support. I know you guys would have heard and taken a lot in from today. And join us again next time. <laughs>